Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Bonus scoop time as always on Tuesdays now. Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5, Eyewitness News, Sports Extraordinaire, and also the Scoop uh, podcast you can find through all the various Score North platforms. Does a great job on uh, various scoopages. And Doogie, let's start with this one because you've been on this for quite some time. And in recent weeks, I had become sort of conflicted about how much seriousness to give it. Like, I wasn't dismissing it, but I was like, I can't really tell because there's not a lot of back and forth being talked about at this point. Um, But you've been on the Daniil Hunter story for months now. And, of course, he didn't attend OTAs. No no secret that he wants a new contract. Uh, but the the mandatory mini camp is next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Egan. And if he does not show up for that, it sort of crosses the threshold from well, we think he's not happy to it's sort of bordering on holdout at that point. So, what type of update can you give us on his status and what the expectation is uh, for next week? And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the fine for not showing up to the mandatory mini camp would be right around a hundred thousand dollars. It would be, Judd. I mean, the countdown is on. Mandatory minicamp like this week remains voluntary, right? Organized team activities. As we speak, the Vikings are on the practice field at TCO Performance Center. But Daniil, because it's voluntary, doesn't have to be there, right? But next week, he has to be there or he is facing fines that would total just below, Judd, $100,000. Now, keep in mind, him not being there right now, he is sacrificing a workout bonus of about $100,000, right? And so, you know, you look at the at the money he's sacrificing for not being there for, for workouts, it's comparable to this $95,000 or so fine that he would face for not being there next week. I'll just pass along in real time what somebody who's got a good amount of working knowledge literally just texted me right before we hit record on this thing. I said, I just got a text message from somebody that would know some things, and it's this individual's belief that Daniil won't be there next week. Now, I say that fully realizing that it is a fluid situation. What if Rob Brzezinski has some new talks with Daniil Hunter's agent later today, tomorrow, later this week? Let's say there's progress on giving Daniil a raise. Then all of a sudden, Daniil changes his mind, and he's on the field. He's on an airplane to, to get here, and he's on the field next week. Like I'm not saying with 100% certainty one week out that I can predict exactly what is going to take place next Tuesday, but I did want to pass along in real time. 
what somebody that does know some things passed along to me. But I still think, Judd, call me nuts, but based on this front office's history of taking care of their own, based on the value that Daniil Hunter has to the success of the 2021 Vikings, and I get it coming off a very serious surgery, very serious injury, but regardless, his value is right up there. Like when ranking, you know, most valuable to the team's success here in 2021, in my opinion, but I think it's also the opinion of many internally, many across the league, Daniil Hunter would be for sure top five, probably top three when talking just the defense, one or two, depending on what you think of Eric Kendricks, maybe Harrison Smith, but he is right up there. So based on the Vikings history of taking care of their own, go up and down the list, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, we can go on and on and on. Kyle Rudolph got multiple contracts. They've taken care. This regime has been in place for a long time with some moving parts, but with Rick Spielman in charge, they've been in place for a long time. There's a lengthy history of them taking care of their own. So call me nuts, Judd, but I still think at some point, now maybe it's July 26th on the eve of training camp, but I do think at some point they are going to give Daniil Hunter a raise for the 2021 season. You might be right, but here's the one thing that you've been saying for a few months now that I find to be the most intriguing thing, and you reported this, and I guess I would be curious, we won't find out, where this name and contract stands. The Joey Bosa contract. If he's shooting for that contract or more, I don't know what gets done. Like, if he's ballparking well, it. Yeah, you and know, it doesn't get done, Judd. I mean, that's the outlier. But, I mean, that's you know, that's the name that you brought, brought up like Joey two months ago. Representation. Yeah, but they're not going that high. I know. I mean, you probably have the specific numbers in front of you, but I believe it's in the neighborhood of $27 million. Yes. They're not giving Daniil a $10-plus million raise for this year. Can I see some sort of raise? Yes. A raise of, of that monetary value? No. So if that's the goal, yeah, then it's going to be an incredible sticky wicket, right? But yes. I think there's still a way for them to meet somewhere in the middle that Daniil and his representation have to come to the realization that they just can't quite get to that number. What uh... – in the end, got the Bashad Breeland contract done because you reported that he was in and met with the Vikings and I think had a physical probably a couple of weeks ago. It didn't get done then. He left. Uh, it got done, I think, on Friday. One year up to $4 million. How much did the Vikings have to move uh, to get him signed? Because I'm guessing that he will now, with that potential contract, actually get the opportunity to compete for a starting job, probably with Cam Dantzler. Yeah, and I mean, based on his playing history, heck, didn't he have an interception in the Super Bowl Yes, a couple of years ago? He all did. that postseason experience, we can debate how good he is, but like, I don't think he signed here with the idea that he isn't going to earn a good amount of snaps. I'll be curious to see how that rotation plays out. He does have some history of playing inside, so you could, I guess, you know, have him trump Mackenzie Alexander in certain situations with Peterson and Dantzler on the outside. But I'll be fascinated to see how that rotation shakes out. But, yeah, they went higher. So they offered initially, Judd, the minimum, you know, with some built-in incentives. But they went higher. I don't know what the exact minimum is for a guy with his service time. But certainly they went higher to secure this deal. You know, there was some scuttlebutt of Chicago having some interest. Did his representation use – 
maybe that, and I don't know if it's reality or perceived. Right. It might just be perceived, but that sort of leverage, did they use that leverage in the contractual talks with Rob Brzezinski? I would not dismiss that possibility, but certainly the Vikings went higher to secure Breland services. He's on the field right now. So to go back to the Hunter potential holdout not showing up, Dukes, uh, I think the one place where the Hunter camp has the Vikings in sort of a bind is this one. The Vikings have moved heaven and earth during the past few months to improve a defense that was easily the worst that Zim has ever coached. Like, it was just a disaster. And they've signed two tackles. Uh, They've gotten, you know, bars coming back. The secondary has been largely remade. So where the Hunter camp has the Vikings in a pickle here, to me, is this. Okay, if Daniil holds out, who rushes the passer from the ends? Like, you don't have... Griffin's gone now, so you don't have that. And that position's up in the air as far as who's potentially going to step in. But if Hunter's back, it's like, okay, but we can we can go a long way towards uh, potentially filling the right end by finding a guy, but, but we're still going to have Daniil on the left end. If you are Hunter's agent, you can basically say, you guys have done a really good job, but you need my guy. And if you don't have my guy, you, you've now got two unknowns at two incredibly important spots. Well, and I can promise you that conversation, at least some form of that conversation, has taken place. Now, the Vikings could counter by saying, we do have still some money to play with. You know, Melvin Ingram is out there. Justin Houston is out there. I can promise you, Judd, agents of these remaining pass rushers look at Minnesota and say, glaring need, especially with the Daniel Hunter situation, we are going to be proactive. We are calling the Vikings. So it's not the Vikings making the phone calls. The Vikings are receiving phone calls from a lot of these agents now scrambling. Right. You know, now that we're into June, these agents are scrambling, trying to find jobs for their clients. So the Vikings have taken a lot of phone calls. So they could sign one of these guys that they've been called on. But yeah, certainly you're right. Then you think about the schedule, right? Now at this point, the rosters have pretty much shaken out, you know, maybe a tweak here or a tweak there, but we can talk about how difficult the schedule is, right? Playing the NFC West, right? You're playing the Rams with, with that reworked offense. You're playing Russell Wilson and Seattle. You're playing Kyle Shanahan's offense, the 49ers, Kyler Murray and Arizona. Yeah, we're curious to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but if he's back in Green Bay, and really is Aaron going to sacrifice 30-something million dollars? I mean, that that also is a fascinating situation. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't look like Green Bay is trading him anytime soon. So it's either sit out, sacrifice the money. Yes. Or maybe play, maybe with some sort of assurance that the Packers will eventually trade you. Maybe it's after the season. I saw Peter King throw that idea out in his column on his website the other day, or the Pro Football Talk website, whatever website it is, doesn't matter, where Peter said, hey, what about this idea where Aaron reports, plays for the Packers this year with some sort of, yeah, verbal, but some sort of assurance that they will take care of him next offseason. So maybe Aaron ends up playing for the Packers. Mm-hmm. You know, then you think about playing the AFC North, right? The extra game against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It's a really difficult schedule. They have the Dallas Cowboys on their schedule. So, yeah, you think about some of the offenses they will face 
right? Some of the quarterbacks they will face. Yes. That, yeah, that 100% is incredible leverage if you're the Daniil Hunter camp. Yes, and, and if Jordan Love has to start a quarterback for the Packers, the problem there, if you're the Vikings, is everybody from the Wilfs on down will demand you win the division, right? Because, like, the Packers now will be a free-falling potential mess. The Bears, I think, might be decent, but they're not great. And Detroit, God knows. So so I, I think if he's not back in Green Bay, the thing there is, okay, you know, go win X amount of, of games. If, the, if, if Jordan Love is starting a quarterback in 2021 for the Packers and the Vikings don't win the division, I think the season will be perceived by a, a lot of people, including the people that own the Vikings, as a bust. So, well, I'll even tell you this situation. much. Even if Aaron, Judd, even if Aaron is back with the Packers, the Wilfs expectation is we're winning the division. That that they still have a very capable quarterback that that you mentioned it, all the resources they've used to to remake that defense, including just getting some guys healthy, right? Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, yep. others Absolutely. just returning to health. Yep. That I can tell you, even with Aaron in Green Bay, the expectation is Zim, you need to win the division. Uh, you know, our path to making a run in January isn't as a wild card that we need to be a division winner. Now with crowds back, we need at least one playoff home game at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I'm just telling you, Judd, regardless, but yeah, certainly if Jordan Love is the starting quarterback for the Packers or Blake Bortles is the starting quarterback for the Packers, undoubtedly the expectation is, yeah, you need to win double-digit games, get to at least 10-7, and if not 11-6, and or 12-5, and and you need to win the NFC North. As the scoops guy, Dukes, I am – Willing to bet you got this question a few times, probably on Twitter a lot more. Are the Vikings in on Julio Jones, which would have been fun. I don't think it was going to uh, take place. And obviously on Sunday, he got traded by the Falcons to the Titans. But did the Vikings make any inquiries about wide receiver three being Julio Jones? Short answer, no, but you're right. I got variations of that question in my KSTP inbox on Twitter just out and about at the Little League ball fields, you know, a half dozen to a dozen times? The short answer, no. The longer answer is it just didn't make logical sense when you're a run-first offense that you have two really, really good wide receivers that it's not like you have all this cap space to play with. We just saw that Ryan Tannehill had to redo his deal to fit Julio's number in under Tennessee's salary cap. I can't tell you this much, though. My buddy, somebody you know, I think pretty well, Todd Downing, the new Titans offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's, that's a good job now. very native. It's a really good job, a lot of pressure. But, hey, you got pressure every year regardless. Yes. You know, so Todd has head coaching aspirations. You know, if, if Tennessee can can meet those expectations that, that exist right now for, for the 2021 season, you know, Todd might have a chance to at least interview for a head coaching job in the next year or two. So I can tell you, Todd – is incredibly happy to have A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones to work with. Yeah, some question marks with the offensive line. Yeah, Tennessee has some defensive question marks, certainly in the in the secondary, even though my guy, uh, Amani Hooker, is there, uh, the Park Center High School grad, the former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year out of Iowa. But, you know, Hooker needs some help there in the secondary to some extent. So Tennessee still has some question marks. But, yeah, I can tell you, Todd Downing is incredibly thrilled have Julio Jones, but no, the, the Vikings were never in the mix with the Falcons in those trade talks. Hey, Duke, so off your point about T- Tannehill and being um, and restructuring his contract, which a lot of QBs do, um, 
Mahomes, I think, already did it for 2021 with his new deal. Brady has done it continually throughout the course of his career. How much, and I'm not even saying that um, restructure slash extension would have been in their best interest long term, but how much do you think it hurt the Vikings that Cousins said no? Because it sounds like they definitely went to Kirk at some point, or, or like, let's push it out more, Kirk. And Kirk's like, I'm good, I'm good. And Kirk is good. It, it's a lot of guaranteed cash. It, it's a very... Uh, favorable contract for a player in a league that doesn't have a lot of favorable player contracts. But that being said, how much does it need to be examined that all around us, we see quarterbacks being willing to restructure and push cash down the road in order to sign guys. And that when the Vikings approached Kirk about it this time, a year after doing it, Kirk said, no, thank you. Yeah. And I don't foresee Kirk ever changing his stance on that. You know, whether he's here or if in a couple of years he's with a different organization, Judd, it's just, you know, right or wrong, I think in his mind, there's a greater good at play. And it's such a finite amount of time to maximize your earning potential that with, you know, it might be easier if you're Patrick Mahomes to, to kick the can down the road with every assurance you're not going anywhere. They're always going to take care of you in Kansas City. Maybe even to some extent, Tannehill has, has, not quite that security, but maybe more security than than Kirk has here in Minnesota. It's a fascinating talking point, Judd. I think it's it's very interesting, but I can just tell you, yeah, I mean, I have every reason to believe that that conversation took place at some point with Kirk's representation. But, yeah, I, I'm just telling you, I would be shocked. Kirk would have to have a big-time change of of heart on that to ever restructure his contract. He is just not one that is going to restructure his contract. Interesting. How proactive do you foresee the Twins being in the coming weeks about potential trades? Well, I mean, here's a fact. The Tampa Bay Rays talked to Nelson Cruz's agent in the winter. They talked to him one other time in recent years when Nelson was a free agent. Tampa has a glaring need. I mean, that Rays roster with with that minimal payroll is – they just find a way to reload every year. I mean – that's such a well-oiled machine, that organization, the Tampa Bay Rays, with some key injuries, too, like my guy Nick Anderson, right? Brainerd Native, one of the best relievers in Major League Baseball the last two years. He's been out the entire season, right? He should be back at some point this calendar year, but he's missed a ton of time, yet the Rays just they keep churning guys out. Heck, they let guys go, guys that have success with them, like Hunter Strickland. Strickland ends up in a different organization and ends up failing. It's just. They have this like magic potion I know. with the Rays. It's unbelievable. But it really the is. Rays do have a glaring need at the DH spot, right? So like if I'm the Twins, so that's a fact. The Rays like Nelson Cruz. This is more my opinion that it's on Falvey and Levine to now be proactive. Make those phone calls. The seeds have been planted. You now be the aggressor. You reach out to the Rays front office and say, okay, we like that prospect. We like that prospect. Is there a one-for-one match? Hey, we're willing to have these conversations with Dave St. Peter and Jim Polad. Maybe they have already. Hey, we're willing to throw in X amount of dollars, right? Because Tampa is always worried about the financial bottom line. That if the Twins are willing to pay 75% of Nelson's remaining salary, maybe you get back that much better of a prospect. I'm just saying this is my opinion, Judd, that it's on the Twins now to be proactive. That – that baseballreference.com, 
whatever complicated formula they have, they have the Twins playoff chances at less than 1%. Fangraphs.com has some sort of complicated formula, not quite the same as baseball reference, but it's got a, a little bit of history of, of predicting at this point in time, this far into the season, you know, whether a team does indeed make the postseason or not. Fangraphs formula has the Twins playoff chances at around 4%. Historically, a team with this record at this point in the year has never made the postseason. So you need to be realistic if you're tw- if you're the Twins. It's a very level-headed front office in spite of maybe what some fans think. It's a very rational, uh, you know, forward-thinking front office mm-hmm. that they know that they're not making any sort of serious run this year. So I hope it's sometime soon. We have seen trades in June. I, I said in May when we had this conversation, at least some some variants of, of this conversation a few weeks ago, I said it's still a little too early. But now that the calendar has flipped to June, that we're here in the second week of June, you've seen, if you go back the last five to ten years, you've seen some some selling of of guys in the month of June that you don't need to necessarily wait for the calendar to flip to July. So I'm just yes. saying my opinion, Judd, it's on Falvey and Levine and others, Jeremy Zoll. It's time for them to be proactive. It's time to start selling off some of these assets. Yep. Cruz, Simmons. I, I think that there is a core group of guys right now that I would try to move. Uh, and you're going to get what you're going to, to get, too. Like, I don't think you're going to walk these guys up to July 30th and find a taker. Andrews and Simmons, I'm going to give you a couple. No, you're, you're going to get what you're going to, to get. So when we're talking about the bigger fish to fry, I sort of get slow playing them. But Dukes, I'm with you. There is a group of players that you could trade now or and plus, here's my thing too. I want to see different guys play. For instance, Simmons, right? Move Polanco back to short. I understand it's a downgrade. I don't care anymore. And it's not a significant well, downgrade. And play though. I mean Simmons, I get it. Simmons is the elite of the elite. Sure. Polanco, I guess what I'm getting at, Polanco is not a train wreck at short. No, he's not, but but my key is I want to see Nick Gordon. Like, can Nick Gordon play? Find out. Find out right now. This is the time. So, like, it doesn't help me to be playing a veteran shortstop who was signed to help you win, and it failed. It just failed. Um, So create openings for guys to play because by the end of the 2021 season, I want to know definitively, Nick Gordon can play, or you know what, he just can't play. That's where I think this makes sense. And even I think we both really, really like the the future potential of – of Larnick and Kirilov, but get them as many at bats as possible. Yes. You know, and heck, I still think Kirilov is better off over the next few years at first base, not in the outfield. We yes. saw again, he kind of dove for a ball he's not that good in, the outfield. in Kansas city. The ball got right by him. Yeah, He's not going to embarrass you in left or right, but I still think over the next five years, you're better off with Kirilov at first base. Even if there's not 30 home run potential there, I think there's enough, you know, doubles potential there, on base potential there mm-hmm. that you can make up for for the lack of of maybe the thirty home run power that you traditionally like at one of the the corner field positions, right? So I still want Alex to get as many at bats the rest of the way. You know, even some other guys, right? Like I'd love for Brent Rooker to get back up. You know, let's formulate some more more opinions on Brent Rooker, right? Just all yeah, these guys, Ryan out. Jeffers, yes, absolutely. 100%. So that to me is what the rest of the year should be about. And you're right. You know, Simmons, whether it's now or July 25th, really is Oakland going to give you that much better of a prospect 
just make the trade now. On yes. Nelson Cruz's Tampa, now you, you probably need to eat some of the money, right? That's where it gets a little complicated is how much money are you eating on some of these contracts? But, like, those deals can be done now. You're right, though, on the bigger fish. Like, the big one is is Jose Barrios. Our colleague, Patrick Royce, I know is, is on the record somewhere. I don't know if it was with you uh, unplugged or if it was on the, the Michael Rand podcast with the Star Tribune. Uh, I'm pretty sure, though, Patrick's on Confusing. record saying that, that he thinks it is. I can't keep track of them I can't keep all, track of either. I'm pretty sure just case. based on I was over at Royce's pool the other day, Casa de uh, Royce. In, right? Insiding at the Casa. Wow. Royce, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I just – I'm pretty sure – I can't remember if it came up on Saturday or not. The heat was getting to me. But point <laughs> is, I'm, I'm 99.9% positive that Patrick thinks the Twins are going to trade Barrios. I can't sit here with that sort of definitiveness and tell you, yes, uh, a Barrios trade is coming. I can tell you they've tried for a while to extend him. And Buxton, right? And the two sides – well, Buxton would be another interesting one. The Yankees, although they're right next to the to the luxury tax threshold, but like the Yankees would be a logical destination for Buxton. But I'm talking Barrios. That Royce thinks a Barrios trade is coming. I don't know if a Barrios trade is coming or not. I can tell you that the sides have tried for a while on an extension, and it hasn't happened. If you really want to maximize Barrios's value, mm-hmm. if you're the Blue Jays, if you're some other team, you know maybe you're willing to give up a good amount right now for Barrios. So you have him for this playoff run, and depending on what happens with the collective bargaining agreement, but if there is at least some semblance of a 2022 season, you'd have Barrios for another playoff run a year from now. So the time to really maximize Barrios' trade uh, return is now. So that's another one to keep an eye on. But the pending free agents are no-brainers. Cruz, Simmons, Hap, Pineda. Right, Robles in Shoemaker. the bullpen. Robles has been good in the bullpen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like two top prospects, and you will get more yeah. excuses than you can shake a stick at. I'm fine with MDFing Shoemaker right now, too. By the way, we're talking about yeah, giving so some guys a luck. Charlie Barnes is is with the Saints. Let's see what Barnes has. Yes, you know, I mean, so there yes. are guys like that that I would love to see get some run here the next three and a half months, so we can formulate stronger opinions. Last guy, and, and I think there's been an assumption because of his contract he can't be traded, but I got a question off of that. Josh Donaldson, okay, who there are some teams like the Brewers who are, I think, better than expected, pretty good, but they need offensive help. If you were to gift the Brewers Donaldson with that contract and pay a small portion, but better yet, Doogie, take almost nothing back. So, like, you literally give him away. Would that be a viable option? Because I think it's safe to say you you have to prepare, in my opinion, for 22, like there's not going to be a season. And if that's the case, I mean, we're talking about what? He gets to be about the age of 37 or 38 by 2023. My, my point is they swung they swung on J.D., and I think that they missed, and that's fine. you got to take your swings. But would it be realistic to try and just essentially give him a way to try and get rid of as much of that contract as possible because that's going to help you when you come out on the other end with other negotiations, including potential guys that you want to keep that you might lose. When you say swing and miss, I agree from the standpoint of there is zero chance that he gives you $92 million worth of value. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't been horrible. In fact, he's he's been pretty good of late. I have not heard – he's a quirky personality. He's a different dude. He's wired tight. But I've not heard of – yeah, he is wired differently. But I've not heard of him being 
a pain in the ass, a bad guy. Sure. What I'm getting at is I think you need to have some sort of veteran presence in that clubhouse. And if we're getting to the idea of Nelson Cruz, and by the way, doing Nelson a favor, right? Go yeah. to Tampa, help them make a serious run. Yes. You know, play deep in October, go have fun with the Rays or the A's or some other team that can use a DH. I still think you need to have some sort of veteran presence in that clubhouse that I would not give Donaldson away. Now, I saw the idea that MLB Network presented a few days ago. Mm -hmm. It was the Brewers' number five or number six overall prospect, a pretty good pitcher coming off a serious injury, but a pretty good pitching prospect, right, that would come here. And Donaldson would go to Milwaukee and the Twins would kick in $15 million. So a good amount of money, but you think about all the money he's owed the rest of this year, plus the money he's owed for 2022 and 2023, 15 really, you know, big picture, isn't all that much. And that 15 essentially would buy you a really good prospect from the Brewers. I would be more open-minded to a deal like that, that you need to get something in return even if you're kicking, if the number's not 15, if it's 12 million, 10 million, maybe upwards of 20 million, you know, but then you need to get back a pretty good prospect if you're moving Josh Donaldson. Griffin Jacks. Griffin Jacks, great story. But I looked at the notes that you sent me for this episode of the bonus scoop, and he's a great story. But tell me why he might be a name that we eventually curse as far as the twins go. Because this is I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize this until I saw your note. Well, I mean, truly, close only matters in what you know when it comes to hand grenades Horse and horseshoes, shoes right? And hand grenades. But yeah, I mean that's the ultimate cliche. But the twins came close. Twenty sixteen draft, so they end up taking Griffin Jacks, pitcher, pick ninety two or ninety three, early nineties. 18 picks later, the Milwaukee Brewers take a pitcher by the name of Corbin Burns. I can just tell you, Judd, the Twins came close. Instead of taking pitcher Griffin Jacks in the early 90s of the 2016 draft, they came close to taking Corbin Burns. Now, I say that, Judd, with no guarantees that he develops to, to this magnitude in the Twins organization like he has in the Brewers organization. But there's a lot there to work with. Heck, he was phenomenal the other night. I mean, I don't think this is debatable. Like, he's one of the five best pitchers in in baseball right now. When ranking starting pitchers, maybe top seven, he's cheating? up there. He, well, <laughs> you got some substances? You know what? That's where Josh Donaldson needs to be careful because Michael Pineda, his teammate, has been caught in that regard before. And undoubtedly, you know, there's some other guys, maybe not at the current moment. Name Garrett Cole, but, but have have used. I know, which makes Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow. Uh, just, I love that story. I, I got my press pass, all reserved, yeah, oh yeah. Doogie. Yeah, I'll if, be there front and center to see if they'll charge the mound. Yeah, I mean, I'll be watching. If I wasn't working at the office, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be there too. That would be that would be great to be there at, at Target Field on on Wednesday night. But like, hey, the Twins had some interest in in Bauer. Right, I mean, his name has come up, right? In this, in but this I didn't realize about Burns. I didn't know this. Yeah, That's but yeah, painful. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't studied Burns' video. If he's one of the guys attached, if if Donaldson has specific video of Burns, when Donaldson claims he has video of all these guys, you know, using some sort of foreign yeah. substance, I have no idea if Burns is in that grouping. But Corbin Burns is one of the best starting pitchers 
in Major League Baseball right now. That's a big reason why the Brewers are having the success that they are. So I'm just telling you, yes, the Twins Who ran that draft, drafting Jacks. That was that would have been Darren Johnson. So Sean Johnson took over 2017 draft. Okay. Right, Sean was still involved, but Sean wasn't the final decision maker until the Royce Lewis draft a year later, right? That was the 2017 draft. Years start to blend together, but they went Royce Lewis number 1 overall 2017 draft. Also took Brent Rooker that draft. You know, and Sean's had some guys reach the majors too, like Bailey Ober was a Sean Johnson draft pick 2018 draft. But yeah, Darren Johnson, who's still he's still in the organization in some capacity. I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I guess I have an idea why, but Darren Johnson is still involved in the Twins organization, but he's not the final decision maker anymore. But that was Darren Johnson's final draft running uh, things for, for the Twins. Nice work. Your Thursday guest, how the heck did you book this guy? In studio, you said on Thursday, a former Yankee who plays the guitar and is a great, great ex-player. How the hell did you book this guy? Well, Bernie Williams is in town. He'll be throwing out the first pitch before the Thursday Twins game. What are we doing? Why are we having Bernie Williams (laughs) throw out the first pitch? Here's a guy that shoved it up your you-know-what, Twins fans. I love Bernie. Oh, Bernie is great. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of having him in studio on Thursday, just to go down memory lane, have him spin some stories. But he's in town to raise awareness about a rare disease that took his father's life many years ago. So... There is a charitable component to all this. So there is a PR firm representing Bernie. So I think this PR firm reached out to a few media personalities in town inquiring if we would be interested. When I saw that, hey, Bernie is willing to talk to you and, hey, he's willing to come to studio. Like, we don't even need to go to his hotel. We don't need to go out of our way. He's literally willing to come to us. He'll just take an Uber over to the station. I said, sure, why not? Like, why wouldn't I want to go down memory lane with Bernie Williams? So, yeah, the former Yankee, Bernie Williams. If there was a Hall of Fame of very good, oh, Bernie yeah. would be in fantastic it. He's certainly not, not, you know, a Cooperstown type they loved player. Him, but Bernie Williams, Hall of Fame of very good. Right, Torrey Hunter's in that Hall of Fame. Other guys yeah. are in that Hall of Fame. I do wonder if Joe Maurer, Joe Schmidt, my boss, my colleague on the TV side, talked to Joe Maurer one-on-one last week at a charity event, ended up going down the Hall of Fame rabbit hole with Joe. Joe does think that, that as time goes by, like he's not a first ballot guy, but Joe does think there, there could be some momentum for his case as the years go on, as, you know, this day and age, like you just you don't see a lot of guys hitting for a high average, right? I mean, it's typically one of three outcomes, right? It's strikeout walk or home run right yes like unfortunately look at the team that's in town right now the yankees yeah it's... like if you look at some of the statistical measures with the yankees offense they're walking fine they hit home runs they can't hit in the clutch they, don't score any they runs. can't get hits with with guys on base yeah i mean they're one of the worst offenses runs per game yes. in all of baseball the bronx bombers yes. the yankees offense has been super super bad but, like, some of the statistical measures aren't that bad, but they just can't get a hit. The Twins have had this issue at times, too, although the Twins offense, statistically speaking and comparatively speaking, you would take the Twins offense 100 out of 100 times over the Yankees offense. Yep. The Twins have had that issue, too, just 
clutch hitting, but certainly the Yankees have not been a good clutch hitting team this year. The Yankees are um, second to last, only ahead of Detroit in the American League in runs scored, which is incredible. Wolves scoopage, my man. You've got a couple things when it comes to the Wolves in the NBA. Micah Nori worked with Chris Finch in Denver a few years ago, most recently on the Detroit Pistons staff under former Wolves coach Dwayne Casey. I'm told that Nori's contract is up. Him and Chris Finch have a very good relationship. Chris Finch has two openings on his staff. David Vanterpool, gone. Coach Gates, Brian Gates, gone. So, David, uh, so, so, you know, David may end up, you know, uh, it's interesting that Damian Lillard didn't bring up his name, right? I, I don't know if David's yeah, going to get a, a chance point. to be a head coach right now, but maybe he ends up interviewing for some jobs. Chauncey, he may I even saw. get the interview. Yeah, Chauncey will probably get the Portland job, but I wonder if Vanderpool at least gets an interview in Portland, even if it's a token interview, but at least to keep his name out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with David gone and Gates gone, Chris is looking to fill two spots on his staff. So that's a name. One name to keep an eye on, Mike Nori. The thing is, Mike in Detroit coached offense. Chris Finch is, is an offensive savant. He needs defensive help. He needs a de facto defensive coordinator. So that will be the real key hire for his staff this summer. But Mike Nori is a name to keep an eye on. The other Wolves note, the Pangos All-American camp is happening right now in Vegas. It's... Uh, high school kids, class of 2022, class of 2023. So, you know, looking ahead, not the 2021 draft, but guys that will be drafted a couple years from now, Josh Gershon, the former 24-7 recruiting guy who the Wolves added a year ago, his title is director of college scouting. Anyway, he is credentialed for that event. NBA teams can have representation at the Pangos camp. So I know Josh is, is credentialed for it. Two local players are playing in that. Damarian Watson of Totino Grace and Prince Alegbe of Minnehaha Academy. Both guys hold Gophers offers. Damarian Watson is the bigger want. Damarian Watson is is a player in my mind, Judd, that has ultimate two-way potential. 6'8 wing. Uh, he plays for Sizzle. Him and Prince play together on the same AAU team. But I can tell you, uh, Damarian Watson is a big-time want for Ben Johnson and the Gophers that, that – you know, with all these scholarships to play with with the 2022 recruiting class, he's as high a priority as anyone. Certainly Cam Heidi is a priority. Cam Heidi of Wyzetta High School is on campus today for an unofficial visit. A Johnny Lee of Byron High School, uh, a bigger forward, was on campus yesterday, Monday, mm-hmm. for an unofficial visit. So, yeah, all those guys are priorities. But, like, I think if you asked Ben Johnson on background, hey, you can only get one player from Minnesota for the class of 2022. And some people listening might say, Dukes, you're nuts. It's Trey Holloman of Creighton Durham Hall. And Trey's up there. And Trey just took an official visit to Michigan State over the weekend. It looks like it's down to the Gophers and Tom Izzo and the Spartans for Trey Holloman. So I'm sure some people listening will say, Dukes, you're nuts. Dukes, you're uh, the nuts. number one priority is Trey Holloman. But I'm just telling you, I think it might be Damarian Watson that if you ask Ben Johnson on background, you can only have one player from the Minnesota 2022 high school class. I think he might tell you it's Damarian Watson. But Braden Carrington of Park Center is a big-time want, and I think Ben can land him. He's a, he's a really good shooter. Ben is prioritizing shooters. Braden Carrington is an excellent shooter good idea. Uh, at Park Center High School. He plays with all these guys, same AAU program. Braden and his mom were on campus late last week for an unofficial visit. 
So, you know, that's another one. You know, Ben hopes to land a lot of these guys. But I'm just saying if there was one, I really truly believe it would be Damarian Watson. Interesting. Back to the Wolves. Question, and I'm sure that you saw this report either live or after it surfaced. And it's not a report probably so much as it is something that we hold near and dear here, which is reckless speculation. Where do you think Stephen A. Smith got the information that he, uh, in talking about Portland last week on one of his shows, um, said that he just got a text message from somebody in the know in the NBA saying Carl Anthony Towns as a possibility for Portland. I just don't see, with Finch coming back for an entire training camp and the Wolves still being fluid as far as things go, I don't see any way that Cat would be traded now. Do you? No. No, I see Cat here next season. I think there's a better chance that Damian Lillard gets to the point of asking out. He hasn't, as far as I know, asked out. Right, but, but that would make Lillard, yes. Even though he's a he's a Portland institution, like you can make a case with all due respect to Clyde Drexler that Damian Lillard is the greatest player in Portland Trailblazers history. I have talked to Gary Trent Sr. about this. Remember his son Gary Trent Jr. from Apple Valley High School just got traded, went Portland to Toronto, but played with Damian Lillard. Gary Trent Sr. has told me, knowing that situation incredibly well, that Damian is 100% sincere when he says he pretty much wants to retire a Portland Trailblazer. He hasn't gone on the record with that, but he really wants to bring a title to Portland. He wants to play his entire career with one franchise. But I'm saying I think there's a better chance that Damian eventually gets to the point of asking out than the Wolves trading Cat. I guess that's my way, long way of saying Cat's not going anywhere this summer. The only way the Wolves trade Cat, and there are people in the league continuing to monitor the situation sure. here, but they think it eventually gets to the point of Cat asking for a trade. But at this point, Cat is nowhere near asking for a trade. They're going to run this thing back. Let's give Chris Finch an entire training camp, an entire preseason, an entire season to work with D'Angelo Russell, to work with Anthony Edwards. The Wolves are not trading Carl Anthony Towns. Final scoops. Well, I'm trying to think what else. Like, what direction do you want to go, Judd? I'm trying to think what else I well, sent to- you. I'm trying to think top of my head. I can tell you that NBA draft combine invitations went out. In fact, this is fresh. This is very fresh. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask, and that can get yeah, troublesome no at times. No worries. Don't worry about Dawson it. Dawson Garcia. Dawson Garcia, McDonald's All-American, yep. Prior Lake High School. I haven't even tweeted this yet. Dawson Garcia will be in Chicago for the Combine. He'll be able to work out in front of NBA teams later this month. McKinley Wright, Champlain Park High School, University of Colorado. He will be at the draft Combine. Jalen Suggs will be at the draft Combine. But when you're a top three pick, you just go for the interviews. You're not yeah, going you to the draft combine to play, <laughs> yeah. right? Matthew Hurt of Rochester, former Duke star. You could have made a case that Matthew Hurt should have been the ACC player of the year this past year. He wasn't, but you could have made a case. He was right in that mix. Mm-hmm. Matthew Hurt of Rochester will be at the draft combine. So you think about the local flavor, the Minnesota flavor with Hurt, with Wright, with Garcia, with Suggs. It's another great Minnesota-based NBA draft. You think about last year, Tyrell Terry and Zeke Najee and Daniel Oturu, and Trey Jones, and Freddie Gillespie, who didn't get drafted, but ended up getting good minutes with the Toronto Raptors Mm -hmm. at the end of the season. You thought about how great that was. It looks like this NBA draft, even though, you know, like Garcia may end up ultimately back in college, but when you have a top three, top four pick alone, it's a great Minnesota NBA draft, right, with Jalen Suggs. You know, so that makes it a great draft 
you know, regardless of the other guys. But I think Matthew Hurt surely gets drafted at some point. And I think McKinley Wright is good enough to go to camp with somebody. Maybe he has to go the G League route. But McKinley Wright is good enough to make money for many years. You can't coach that toughness, that leadership. Maybe I'm biased, but I'm a big McKinley Wright fan. So I think he'll get an opportunity at some point. He'll have to prove himself, but he'll get that opportunity. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you. Okay. See you, boys. Take it easy. Thanks, Suze. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.